part two of collaboration by henry james this librivox recording is in the public domain a few days after this late in the afternoon hermann heidenmauer came in to see me and found the young frenchman seated at my piano trying to win back from the keys some echo of a passage in the abendlied we had listened to on the sunday evening they met naturally as good friends and heidenmauer sat down with instant readiness and gave him again the page he was trying to recover he asked him for his address that he might send him the composition and at vendemer's request as we sat in the firelight played half a dozen other things vendemer listened in silence but to my surprise took leave of me before the lamp was brought in i asked him to stay to dinner i had already appealed to heidenmauer to stay but he explained that he was engaged to dine with madame de brindes a la maison as he always called it when he had gone heidenmauer with whom on departing he had shaken hands without a word put to me the same questions about him that vendemer had asked on the sunday evening about the young german and i replied that my visitor would find in a small volume of remarkable verse published by le maire which i placed in his hands much of the information he desired this volume which had just appeared contained besides a reprint of andamir's earlier productions many of them admirable lyrics the drama that had lately been played at the francais and heidenmauer took it with him when he left me but he left me late and before this occurred all the evening we had much talk about the french nation in the foreign colony of paris the exchange of opinions on this subject is one of the most inevitable and by no means the least interesting of distractions it furnishes occupation to people rather conscious of the burden of leisure heidenmauer had been little in paris but he was all the more open to impressions they evidently poured in upon him and he gave them a generous hospitality in the diffused white light of his fine german intelligence old colours took on new tints to me and while we spun fancies about the wonderful race around us i added to my little stock of notions about his own i saw that his admiration for our neighbours was a very high tide and i was struck with something bland and unconscious noble and serene in its absence of precautions in the way he let his doors stand open to it it would have been exasperating to many frenchmen he looked at them through his clear spectacles with such an absence of suspicion that they might have anything to forgive him such a thin metaphysical view of instincts and passions he had the air of not allowing for recollections and nerves and would doubtless give them occasions to make afresh some of their reflections on the tact of ces gens-là a couple of days after i had given him vendemer's book he came back to tell me that he found great beauty in it it speaks to me it speaks to me he said with his air of happy proof i liked the songs i liked the songs besides he added i like the little romantic play it has given me wonderful ideas more ideas than anything has done for a long time yes yes what kind of ideas well this kind and he sat down to the piano and struck the keys i listened without more questions and after a while i began to understand 
suddenly he said do you know the words of that and before i could answer he was rolling out one of the lyrics of the little volume the poem was strange and obscure yet irresistibly beautiful and he had translated it into music still more tantalizing than itself he sounded the words with his german accent barely perceptible in english but strongly marked in french he dropped them and took them up again he was playing with them feeling his way this is my idea he broke out he had caught it in one of its mystic mazes and he rendered it with a kind of solemn freshness there was a phrase he repeated trying it again and again and while he did so he chanted the words of the song as if they were an illuminating flame an inspiration i was rather glad on the whole that vendemer didn't hear what his pronunciation made of them but as i was in the very act of rejoicing i became aware that the author of the verses had opened the door he had pushed it gently hearing the music then hearing his own poetry he had paused and stood looking at heidenmauer the young german nodded and laughed and irreflectively spontaneously greeted him with a friendly was sagen sie dazu i saw vendemer change colour he blushed red and for an instant as he stood wavering i thought he was going to retreat but i beckoned him in and on the divan opposite me patted a place for him to sit he came in but didn't take this place he went and stood before the fire to warm his feet, turning his back to us. Heidenmauer played and played, and after a little Vondemer turned round. He looked about him for a seat, dropped into it, and sat with his elbows on his knees and his head in his hands. Presently Heidenmauer called out in French above the music, I like your songs, I like them immensely. But the young Frenchman neither spoke nor moved. When, however, five minutes later, Heidenmauer stopped, he sprang up with an entreaty to him to go on, to go on, for the love of God. Voila, voila, cried the musician, and with hands for an instant suspended, he wandered off into mysterious worlds. He played Wagner, and then Wagner again, a great deal of Wagner in the midst of which abruptly he addressed himself again to Vondemer, who had gone still further from the piano, launching to me, however, from his corner, a Dieu qui c'est beau, which I saw that Heidenmauer caught. I've a conception for an opera, you know. I'd give anything if you'd do the libretto. Our German friend laughed out after this, with clear good nature and the rich appeal brought vendemer slowly to his feet again staring at the musician across the room and turning this time perceptibly pale i felt there was a drama in the air and it made me feel a little nervous to conceal which i said to heidenmauer what's your conception what's your subject my conception would be realized in the subject of Monsieur Vandemer's play, if he'll do that for me in a great lyric manner. And with this the young German, who had stopped playing to answer me, quitted the piano, and Vandemer got up to meet him. The subject is splendid. It has taken possession of me. Will you do it with me? Will you work with me? We shall make something great. Ah! you don't know what you ask vendemer answered with his pale smile i do 
i do i've thought of it it will be bad for me in my country i shall suffer for it they won't like it they'll abuse me for it they'll say of me picapandra heidenmauer pronounced it biscabandra they'll hate my libretto so vandermeer asked yes your libretto they'll say it's immoral and horrible and they'll say i'm immoral and horrible for having worked with you the young composer went on with his pleasant healthy lucidity you'll injure my career oh yes i shall suffer he joyously exultingly cried et moi donc vandermeer exclaimed public opinion yes i shall also make you suffer i shall nip your prosperity in the bud all that's de bêtise te bêtise said poor heidenmauer in art there are no countries yes art is terrible art is monstrous vandermeer replied looking at the fire i love your songs they have extraordinary beauty and vandermeer has an equal taste for your compositions i said to heidenmauer tempter vandermeer murmured to me with a strange look c'est juste i mustn't meddle which will be all the easier as i'm dining out and must go and dress you two make yourselves at home and fight it out here do you leave me asked vandermeer still with his strange look my dear fellow i've only just time we will dine together he and i at one of those characteristic places and we will look at the matter in its different relations said heidenmauer then we will come back here to finish your studio is so good for music there are some things it isn't good for vandemer remarked looking at our companion it's good for poetry it's good for truth smiled the composer you'll stay here and dine together i said my servant can manage that no no we'll go out and we'll walk together we'll talk a great deal heidenmauer went on the subject is so comprehensive he said to vandemer as he lighted another cigar the subject of your drama it's so universal ah the universe il n'y a que ça i laughed to vandemeer partly with a really amused sense of the exaggerated woe that looked out of his poetic eyes and that seemed an appeal to me not to forsake him to throw myself into the scale of the associations he would have to stifle and partly to encourage him to express my conviction that two such fine minds couldn't in the long run be the worse for coming to an agreement i might have been a more mocking mephistopheles handing over his pure spirit to my literally german faust when i came home at eleven o'clock i found him alone in my studio where evidently for some time he had been moving up and down in agitated thought the air was thick with bavarian fumes with the reverberation of mighty music and great ideas with the echoes of that universe to which i had so mercilessly consigned him but i judged in a moment that vandermeer was in a very different phase of his evolution from the one in which i had left him i had never seen his handsome sensitive face so intensely illumined ça y est ça y est he exclaimed standing there with his hands in his pockets and looking at me you've really agreed to do something together we've sworn a tremendous oath we've taken a sacred engagement 
my dear fellow you're a hero wait and see c'est un très grand esprit so much the better c'est un bien beau genie ah we've risen we soar nous sommes dans le grand espace my friend continued with his dilated eyes it's very interesting because it will cost you something it will cost me everything said felix vandemer in a tone i seem to hear at this hour that's just the beauty of it it's the chance of chances to testify for art to affirm an indispensable truth an indispensable truth i repeated feeling myself sore too but into the splendid vague do you know the greatest crime that can be perpetuated against it against it i asked still soaring against the religion of art against the love for beauty against the search for the holy grail the transfigured look with which he named these things the way his warm voice filled the rich room was a revelation of the wonderful talk that had taken place do you know for one of us the really damnable the only unpardonable sin tell me so that i may keep clear of it to profane our golden air with the hideous invention of patriotism it was a clever invention in its time i laughed i'm not talking about its time i'm talking about its place it was never anything but a fifth-rate impertinence here in art there are no countries no idiotic nationalities no frontiers no douane nor still more idiotic fortresses and bayonets it has the unspeakable beauty of being the region in which those abominations cease the medium in which such vulgarities simply can't live what therefore are we to say of the brutes who wish to drag them all in to crush to death with them all the flowers of such a garden to shut out all the light of such a sky i was far from desiring to defend the brutes in question though there rose before me even at that moment a sufficiently vivid picture of the way later on poor vandemer would have to face them i quickly perceived indeed that the picture was to his own eyes a still more crowded canvas felix vandemer in the centre of it was an admirable a really sublime figure if there had been wonderful talk after i quitted the two poets the wonder was not over yet it went on far into the night for my benefit we looked at the prospect in many lights turned the subject about almost every way it would go but i am bound to say there was one relation in which we tacitly agreed to forbear to consider it we neither of us uttered the name of paul de brindis the outlook in that direction would be too serious and yet if felix vandemer exquisite and incorruptible artist that he was had fallen in love with the idea of testifying it was from that direction that the finest part of his opportunity to do so would proceed i was only too conscious of this when within the week i received a hurried note from madame de brindes begging me as a particular favour to come and see her without delay i had not seen vandemer again but i had had a characteristic call from heidenmauer who though i could imagine him perfectly in a prussian helmet with a needle-gun perfectly 
on definite occasion a sturdy formidable soldier gave me a renewed impression of inhabiting in the expansion of his genius and the exercise of his intelligence no land of red tape no province smaller nor more pedantically administered than the totality of things i was reminded afresh too that he foresaw no striking salon picture no chic of execution nor romance of martyrdom or at any rate devoted very little time to the consideration of such objects he doubtless did scant justice to poor vendemer's attitude though he said to me of him by the way with his rosy deliberation he has good ideas he has good ideas the French mind has for me the taste of a very delightful bonbon. He only measured the angle of convergence, as he called it, of their two projections. He was, in short, not preoccupied with the personal gallantry of their experiment. He was preoccupied with its aesthetic and harmonic basis. It was without her daughter that Madame de Brindes received me when I obeyed her summons in her scrap of a quatrem in the Rue de Miraminsnel. Oh, cher monsieur, how could you have permitted such a horror? How could you have given the countenance of your roof, of your influence? There were tears in her eyes, and I don't think that for the moment I have ever been more touched by a reproach but i pulled myself together sufficiently to affirm my faith as well as to disengage my responsibility i explained that there was no horror to me in the matter that if i was not a german neither was i a frenchman and that all i had before me was two young men inflamed by a great idea and nobly determined to work together to give it a great form a great idea to go over to to go over to them to put yourself on their side to throw yourself into the arms of those who hate us to fall into their abominable trap what do you call their abominable trap their false bonhomie the very impudence of their intrigues their profound scientific deceit and their determination to get the advantage of us by exploiting our generosity you attribute to such a man as heidenmauer too many motives and too many calculations he's quite ideally superior oh german idealism we know what that means we've no use for their superiority let them carry it elsewhere let them leave us alone why do they thrust themselves in upon us and set old wounds throbbing by their detested presence we don't go near them or ever wish to hear their ugly names or behold their visage de bois therefore the most rudimentary good taste the tact one would expect even from naked savages might suggest to them to seek their amusements elsewhere but their taste their tact i can scarcely trust myself to speak madame de brindes did speak however at considerable further length and with a sincerity of passion which left one quite without arguments there was no argument to meet the fact that vendemer's attitude wounded her wounded her daughter 
jusqu'au fond de l'âme that it represented for them abysses of shame and suffering and that for himself it meant a whole future compromised a whole public alienated it was vain doubtless to talk of such things if people don't feel them if they hadn't the fibre of loyalty the high imagination of honour all explanations all supplications were but a waste of noble emotion m vendemer's perversity was monstrous she had had a sickening discussion with him what she desired of me was to make one last appeal to him to put the solemn truth before him to try to bring him back to sanity it was as if he had temporarily lost his reason it was to be made clear to him par exemple that unless he should recover it mademoiselle de brindes would unhesitatingly withdraw from her engagement does she really feel as you do i asked do you think i put words into her mouth she feels as a fille de france is obliged to feel doesn't she love him then she adores him but she won't take him without his honour i don't understand such refinements i said oh vous autres cried madame de brindes then with eyes glowing through her tears she demanded don't you know she knows how her father died i was on the point of saying what has that to do with it but i withheld the question for after all i could conceive that it might have something there was no disputing about tastes and i could only express my sincere conviction that vendemer was profoundly attached to mademoiselle paul then let him prove it by making her a sacrifice my strenuous hostess replied to which i rejoined that i would repeat our conversation to him and put the matter before him as strongly as i could i delayed a little to take leave wondering if the girl would not come in i should have been so much more content to receive her strange recantation from her own lips i couldn't say this to madame de brindes but she guessed i meant it and before we separated we exchanged a look in which our mutual mistrust was written the suspicion on her side that i should not be a very passionate intercessor and the conjecture on mine that she might be misrepresenting her daughter this slight tension i must add was only momentary for i have had a chance of observing paul de brindes since then and the two ladies were soon satisfied that i pitied them enough to have been eloquent my eloquence has been of no avail and i have learned it has been one of the most interesting lessons of my life of what transcendent stuff the artist may sometimes be made Hermann Heidenmauer and Felix Vandemer are, at the hour I write, immersed in their monstrous collaboration. There were postponements and difficulties at first, and there will be more serious ones in the future, when it is a question of giving the finished work to the world. The world of Paris will stop its ears in horror. The German Empire will turn its mighty back, and the authors of what I foresee— oh i've been treated to specimens as a perhaps really epoch-making musical revelation is heidenmauer's style rubbing off on me will perhaps have to beg for a hearing in communities fatally unintelligent 
it may very well be that they will not obtain any hearing at all for years i like at any rate to think that time works for them at present they work for themselves and for each other amid drawbacks of several kinds separating after the episode in paris they have met again on alien soil at a little place on the genoese riviera where sunshine is cheap and tobacco bad and they live the two together for five francs a day which is all they can muster between them it appears that when heidenmauer's london step-brother was informed of the young composer's unnatural alliance he instantly withdrew his subsidy the return of it is contingent on the rupture of the unholy union and the destruction by flame of all the manuscript the pair are very poor and the whole thing depends on their staying power they are so preoccupied with their opera that they have no time for pot-boilers vandermeer is in a feverish hurry lest perhaps he should find himself chilled there are still other details which contribute to the interest of the episode and which for me help to render it a most refreshing a really great little case it rests me it delights me there is something in it that makes for civilization in their way they are working for human happiness the strange course taken by vendemer i mean his renunciation of his engagement must moreover be judged in the light of the fact that he was really in love something had to be sacrificed and what he clung to most he's extraordinary i admit was the truth he had the opportunity of proclaiming men give up their love for advantages every day but they rarely give it up for such discomforts paul de brindis was the less in love of the two i see her often enough to have made up my mind about that but she's mysterious she's odd there was at any rate a sufficient wrench in her life to make her often absent-minded does her imagination hover about felix vendemer a month ago going into their rooms one day when her mother was not at home the bonne had admitted me under a wrong impression i found her at the piano playing one of heidenmauer's compositions playing it without notes and with infinite expression how had she got hold of it how had she learned it this was her secret she blushed so that i didn't pry into it but what is she doing under the singular circumstances with a composition of hermann heidenmauer's she never met him she never heard him play but that once it will be a pretty complication if it shall appear that the young german genius made on that occasion more than one intense impression this needn't appear however inasmuch as being naturally in terror of the discovery by her mother of such an anomaly she may count on me absolutely not to betray her i hadn't fully perceived how deeply susceptible she is to music she must have a strange confusion of feelings a dim haunting trouble with a kind of ache of impatience for the wonderful opera somewhere in the depths of it don't we live fast after all and doesn't the old order change don't say art isn't mighty i shall give you some more illustrations of it yet end of part two 
End of Collaboration by Henry James